Yes and is a mantra that can be applied to every aspect of your life. These two words are ground zero for all creativity. These two words will help you shut down fear. These two words can change your life if you'll let them. Yes, I'm serious. And this podcast is on a mission to show you how. I'm Judy Holler, the host of Yes And. If Dr. Dre and Amy Poehler had a baby, um, that would basically be me. Listen, if you're looking for a no BS approach to life, business, and your mental health, then you are in the right place. So welcome to Yes And, where we smash comfort zones and navigate the unscripted stage of everyday life together. This is a Soul Fire production. You are listening to episode 56. What's up, fear boss? Oh my God, I've got all the papers, all the notes. We, dude, we got a good show lined up today. Um, it's, it is going to be a certified improv vibe. And yo, I'm not going to waste any time talking about anything else because I just want to get to this conversation. It is super, super dope. And I hang out with Aaron Deal, one of my favorite improvisers, entrepreneurs, and friends. So we're going to get right to it. We're going to get right to it. Uh, But first, you know, I've got to shout out our fear boss of the week. And this week I polled from December 13th, KPL 1231. Now, I don't know who you are or what your name is. So hopefully you're listening. But KPL 1231 wrote, Judy is such a pick-me-up. She's like a B12 shot for my brain. And that's it. And I laughed out loud when I read that. Uh, Who doesn't need a B12 shot every now and then? So if I can be that for you, yo, I'm here for it. And I also loved that review because it reminds me to tell you that that's all it takes. A quick sentence to describe why you love this podcast means the world to me. So if you can jump into iTunes and do that, even if you spend 10 seconds leaving one sentence, just like KPL 1231 did, yo, it means the world. So KPL 1231, you are our fear boss of the week. This means that all you need to do is send me an email at hello at judyholler.com or jump into my DMs on Instagram and give me your best mailing address and I will put some fear boss love in the mail to you and for you for leaving the review. And listen, I hear you. I see your emails. I see your tags. I see your DMs. Some of you are Android users. Some of you are on Spotify or you listen on Stitcher or Google Play and you can't leave a review on iTunes. We got something up our sleeves to take good care of you. So give us a minute. We're working out the details. Uh, But yo, if you listen on an iPhone and listen to this podcast on Apple, your reviews in iTunes mean the world to me and for the future success of this show. So KPL 1231, you're our fear boss of the week. I can't wait to get your address. So let me know. And if you want a chance to be our next fear boss of the week, all you got to do is leave a quick review on iTunes. Okay. uh, Did you know, did you know that I have a best-selling book? That book is called Fear Is My Homeboy. And that book, now, if you like to read books, great, go get it. Cause you'll highlight it, mark it up and flag it and take photos of it and do all the things. I mean, that was one of my deepest desires when creating the book was to not only help you rethink your relationship with fear, to really start thinking about fear as your friend, but to also inspire you to have a book in your hands that is highlighted and flagged and marked up and Instagrammed. And it's why it has a hot pink cover with gold foil. I mean, it is a certified buy, but listen, so is the Audible and we are on Audible as well. So since you're here listening to the podcast, I have this feeling you like listening, maybe over reading. And if you're here listening to the show, it means you probably like hanging out with me and you like my voice on the airwaves. So great. I have a feeling you're going to love my audiobook. So I'll link up to everything in the show notes, but it's a certified vibe and bonus about the audiobook. Of course, I record it, but it's also got a bunch of bonuses that are not in the paperback hardcover version of the book, uh, specifically the fact that we do a podcast style Q&A at the end of every chapter. So if you love listening to your books, yo, go check out Fears My Homeboy on Audible or search up Fears My Homeboy on Amazon. 
So today on the show, like I alluded to in the beginning, it is going to be a certified improv vibe. And I have my girl, Erin Deal, on the show today, who is not only one of my favorite humans, improvisers, and entrepreneur friends, she is also just the light. She is she is so full of joy and she radiates that good energy. And I want to say this too, you know, if you can believe it, um, I'm a pretty, I'm actually a pretty in, introverted person uh, for having such a public life. And maybe it's because my life is so public um, and I run an online business that when I'm off the clock, when I'm offline, I kind of go dark. I reset, I refuel and I recover. And that's really the definition of introvert versus extrovert. It's, it's all about how you get your energy. Extroverts get their energy from the crowd, from the people. And I do that sometimes too, but introverts get their energy from that, like refueling quiet time. So I'm a little bit in the middle of the spectrum an ambivert, if you will. And I'll link up by the way, to a really cool free quiz you can take, uh, by author Susan Kane, who wrote a book called quiet. It's all about introverts, extroverts, and how to uh, be an introvert in an extroverted world. It's really cool, but she has this free quiz you can take that will sort of tell you where you fall on the spectrum. I'll put it all in the show notes. But the reason I'm bringing this up is you may not know that about me, A. And number two, it means that I'm also super picky about who I let get close to me because I've been burned. I'm sure you have too. So I always think it's really badass when you make a friend a little later in your life, right? Uh, and especially when this is a friend that you know you'll stay connected to for a long time. Like you were supposed to know each other. And that's kind of how Erin feels uh, to me and for me. She is the real deal. Her name is Erin Deal. So she's the real deal. And that pun was intended. So who is Erin? Erin owns an improv training company called Improve It and has some of the best improvisers from LA to New York City to Chicago working with her to bring improv to companies and teams all over the world. Her company, and I know you're going to love this, her company is on a mission to help people get more comfortable being uncomfortable. Hell yes. And they use improv to do that. And guess what? So do we over here in the Fear Boss community. We love to smash comfort zones. We love to rattle the cage of mediocrity with our courage. And that's what her company is all about. She also has a podcast called Failed It, and she hangs out on Instagram. Go follow her. I will tag her up and all the things. Like I said, go see the show notes. But we go deep in this conversation. We, of course, talk about improv and, of course, failing because we're both obsessed with failing. But we also take some like twisty turns and we talk about her journey with infertility. We talk about being a mom and running a business. We talk about meditation and card readings and our spirit guides. Oh yeah, we went there. We talk about how improv saved our lives and our businesses when COVID hit and so much more. So I really hope that you feel like you're sitting in the room with us having a coffee and catching a vibe. So let's do this. Here is my friend, Erin. Can I take this blazer off? I feel like you get comfortable. Take it off. What am I doing? What Get am I doing? that blaze off. Girl, I'm in a Run DMC t-shirt. Yes, you my jersey With my jersey hoops. And I just, I had that vibe to, girl, I am so excited to introduce your magic to the community that is, yes, and, and y'all, you've just heard me introduce Aaron. So, but let's just, I think we have to start Aaron with how we met, because I think that story in itself is the tenet of improv, is the tenet of collaboration, is the tenet of yes and, uh, because so many people don't, don't think that way. So a mutual friend, Greg Wurstler, shout out Greg, kind of introduced us via LinkedIn. And he goes, this was years ago before my business was five years ago, probably now your business was, you know, starting my business was starting, but he goes, Judy, you do improv and your chick out there speaking and training. And here's Erin. She does improv and she's a chick out there with the training company and speaking. Y'all should know each other. And instead of us being like, Oh, who's, who's that? And what, who's she? And we're both in Chicago and Oh my God, com competition. We went, yeah. And what could we talk? 
let's talk about that because yo, that is how our friendship started. And instead of being afraid of each other or worried about like, oh my God, competition, we went, hell yes, fuck yes, let's do this thing. And look at here, here we are six years later. Uh, Judy Holler, I love you. Yes, Judy, that is, that is the beauty of improv is that we have each other's back. And I, I'll never forget this. After we talked, you sent me like a care package and it was a handwritten note and you had some like, you were dope stickers in there. I think I still had that. Trust your dopeness. Trust your dopeness. Trust your dopeness. And then I don't think there is my home. I think you might have had that tagline. No, it was like not even existing. Okay. So it was like, it was just such a different, I feel like way of approaching a friendship and a collaboration. And just, you know, we, yes, we, we, and we actually knew some of the same people in the improv space, which I think is awesome. And I'll never forget just your energy. I've, so my team who has met you, they're like, Erin, I thought there was nobody else in this world (laughs) at your energy. But Judy takes that kick. And I'm like, I know, I know she's amazing. And you bring what I love about you is you just open, you have helped me in so many ways. You're, I'm an advocate for you, your brand, and for what you stand for. And, you know, I've, we've had so many hardships over the past year, especially. And I, I think one of the silver linings of 2020 was your friendship and cool. just what you've brought to your community. Same. Thank you for that. And I really received that. And it means so much to me. And I am obsessed with your team and everything you're creating too. And you know, we're going to be talking about that. So improv is um, definitely our shared love affair, right? We um, have, have found a way to use the art form of improv to change our lives in some ways, save our lives. And most certainly, I really think in 2020, it's, it's absolutely saved our businesses. And I want to go there with you because I know you've got a story. I've got a story and I want to share your story with the community because it's, it's certainly empowering, but I first want to go back to the rally cats. Okay. (laughs) Now, if you don't know what a rally cat is, uh, it is she, Erin, was a Clemson dancer, like a legit, um, not cheer, but a legit, like danced at football, danced at a big school, like you were a dancer and you were, uh, you had a, you have a, a bachelor's in, in communications, uh, media, uh, radio, television, I think might've been your minor, similar to me. Um, but you were a dancer. I danced. I never did it in college. So I always envied the girls that did in a good way. I was like, oh, I wish I would have went to like a big 10 and danced. So here you were rally catting it up, dancing, BA in communications, and then you find yourself into the this world of improv. How did you go from Clemson and your communications degree to Chicago and the world of improv? Sort of fill in that gap for me. How did you go from dancing and radio television to improv? Because I had a similar journey. I want to know yours. Oh, I, and I feel like I know yours because I listen to this show. Yes. <laughs> I know. So, so this is an interesting thing. So I grew up just my mom was in musical theater her entire life. She taught piano and voice out of my house, put me in a community theater production of My Fair Lady at three. Yes. Okay. yes. And yeah. And we just grew up being, being a jokester and a character and loving just being on stage and dance was what my mom was a singer. And so I didn't get that gene. I was going to say, can you sing? Can you sing? No. No. Okay. Yeah. Like, it's, I mean, I can ish, but nowhere. She's like, Oh, and I, you know, I, I am very not that. And so it was dance was where I I belonged. And I I loved it because it's another team sport, just like improv, you have each other's back. And I fell in love with it. I love dancing. And I, I loved, um, one of the things I guess I was known for was my facial expressions, which is shocking. You know what? I was a pom-pom girl and that's a big thing. Uh, and they always, you know what, uh, can I have a minute just to brag on my pom-pom skills? Yes. I was always in the front of the triangle because I was always like, boom, big face, like, <sighs> like all that. And I loved the, and I think theater lends to successful dancing. And so I love that you, we would have been homies on the dance squad because I was a facial girl too. Oh my God. I feel, I feel like this is why we're, we're kindred spirits 100%. because that's, that was it. So truly, I mean, that was, I, I went to Clemson, 
But since I was 13 years old, I said I was going to be a talk show host. And it was like this whole thing. I had nothing to talk about. I had nothing to talk about. I just knew I wanted to help people. I wanted to have some sort of brightness in their day. I wanted to add value in their lives by adding positivity. But I had no clue what that meant at 13. I just said, oh, I'm going to have a talk show. And so I went to Chicago right after I graduated from Clemson because literally this was my this was my linear path, Judy, in my brain. Okay. Oh, where does a talk show train? Oprah lives in Chicago. Right. I'm going to go find Oprah. Uh-huh. Yes. yes. I'm go find Oprah. And then I'm going to, what does like an improv, you know, what does a talk show host need? Some improv skills. So yes. I'm going to start improv classes. So right. that is exactly what I did. And um, I got cast in this off-Broadway play. Also at 22, I, I hope your Fear Boss fam can listen to this. I had literally no fear. I walked my happy you butt. Know what you didn't know. No. And I, I walked my butt into the actor's equity office with no actor's equity card. And I auditioned for this off-Broadway show. And it was actually a role, which was a dancing role. And I was a cheerleader. So it was very type, you know, I was typecast, mm-hmm. but it was improv-based. And it it was the one of the best things still to this day that I did. It was mm. a wonderful cast of amazing actors in Chicago, all who have gone on to do Steppenwolf and amazing things. But I got thrown in with little to no improv experience, just a dance background. And I'd done sketch comedy all in high school and, and yes. theater, yes. but improv scared the crap out of me. And so I just immersed myself in it. You and I've talked about this on my show. I mean, it was one of those things and I know you had a similar story where improv was scary to me because I was so used to having a script. A script. Same. Yes. People don't realize sketch comedy, by the way, um, that's always one of the big pet peeves of the SNL and anybody who's doing like improv. It, it's it's sketches, not skits, right? But sketches are usually inspired by improv scenes we throw up on a stage. And if it's good, we go, you know, your producer or your teacher will say, great, let's go write that up. That was really good. But then guess what? It's written up and you memorize the script. Improv, same. It is literally no script and it's terrifying even for the performers. Totally, totally, totally. And it's truly one of those things that I got what I call the ick factor. I got the sweaty armpits. I was like, who am I? What am I doing? And I I was now looking back in my classes in the beginning stages, I was that person who was trying to be funny versus we've all played with those people and I've been that person yeah yeah and I I have some painful oh yeah beginning memories of it oh my god when I always say that I'm like improv theater is not about being funny it's it's a wee sport and those are always and sometimes uh, uh, some of the f- people I played with that were chasing the stand-up comedy game, um, they almost sometimes were some of the harder people to play with. Not all of them, because it was a very, um, they were trying to be funny and pun all the time. And it's like, yo, this is why, yes, yeah, Sandin will come full circle to this moment. But yeah, it's really not about that. It's it's not about the best thing. It's about the next thing. And that is a, a life skill, but it's also an improv skill, right? But I did the same. I put so much pressure, like, oh my God, I gotta be funny. But once I let that go and realized, I just gotta be me. Yeah, 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 exactly. That's yeah, that's it. And and I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm just gonna go out on a limb here, Judy. Okay, so for me, you know, when I was the facial expression girl in my dance days, you yeah. as well. I played big. I mean, I played some really big characters in the beginning, and I I think that was something that I had to learn to scale back, to be honest. You know, we say play to your t- the top of your intelligence. And we also say, you know, play to your spine, make sure that you're playing a real version of you. Right. And I would go too big, too far. And it would, it would not be truthful. And that's where comedy is great is when there's that truth in comedy. And so it took me a really long time to recognize that. And some of the team members, you know, from Improve It, I mean, Judy, they, and you know them now, they are the most funny, most real, most intelligent human beings. And they play to the top of that intelligence. And they are so funny because they're truthful with their comedy. And it's, it just, when you can see yourself in a character they create, that's when the magic happens. It's so cool. I just got chills. I have goose. I was just going to say, I have goose. We have just gotten started. We are maybe 10 minutes into this and already have our first round of goosebumps. And one of my favorite things that you just said, and I've never heard it said this way, play to your spine. 
And when you think about moving through your life and your career and everything you have going on right now, listen, yo, life is improv. None of us have a script. And you always hear me say this uh, if you are a, a regular OG of this, this, this podcast. But let me tell you, play to your spine. That means slowing down enough <laughs> to yeah. trust that inner voice because um, that that is really where all the power is. So I want to talk about your team a little bit. I think this is a great segue. So um, Aaron owns a company, as you heard, a, a company called Improve It. And um, we'll talk about your pivot in just a minute. And I hate the word pivot because you know what we're really doing is improvising. Uh, so we're going to talk about what what you've created out of the pivot. And one of my favorite things you've created is the laugh break experience. Uh, but I want to pull up your website really quick here because you have this page on your website, uh, learn to improve it.com. We're going to link up to everything in the show notes, but they have these core values. So I'm going to read them to you real quick. So here's the core of what makes us great. And this is Erin's improv based training company. She works, works with companies all over uh, the United States. And uh, I don't know, have you done international work? I was going to say. We have for this year. First time, first time ever. United States and beyond, you're global, yeah. Uh, yeah. to bring the ideas from the improv theater to companies and organizations in a group format. And her core values of the company are, number one, we lead with yes and girl, ding, ding, ding. This is my bell. Oh, can we put it on a bell here? This yeah. is like, yes, this is the I moment. I'll do a bell. Beep, beep, do beep, a beep. bell. Do yeah. a bell. Um, we encourage and support others and we make space for new ideas and different voices. This is the, the core idea behind the two words, yes and. Uh, number two, explore more. We treat every day as a new opportunity to learn, which I love. And it's and, and that's really the, the tenet of fear experiments. You know, are you staying too comfortable or are you shaking things up? Number three, drive results, right? We create goals that are measured. Hello, Vibe and Thrive community. Write that shit down. Yes, yes, right? Yes. I'm a Vibe and Thriver, just so everyone knows. It is, you are an OG. You're one of our very first Vibe and Thrivers, right? And in this core value, you say something I love. We break down dreams into actions, right? Which is what we do in the Vibe and Thrive community. And we evaluate each step and adjust as needed. Hello, improv. And then, uh, of course, number four, play and have fun, embracing your inner child. And then last but not least, uh, the last core value is everyday leadership. We are leaders because of our actions, not because of our titles. Be the leader you want to be led by. So I'm obsessed with you. I'm obsessed with the company. And I want to talk about what you guys are doing and what was sort of born uh, out of, of, of the, the pandemic that really set businesses like your, yours and mine sideways. We do live events. And so if you remember, Aaron, we had a call in March of last year and you and I were like, yes. Oh, fuck. What's yes. happening? How's your business? How's your business? What are we doing? What are we doing? Right. And we set an appointment for April, by the way, of this year. And it's coming up April 16th for us and to it today. Yes. No, yes. I saw it the other day. And I'm like, when well, she's on the podcast, I have to bring this up. So we're like a year from now, we're going to check in and see what we did. We're going to survive. We got this and we jammed on ideas and we've stayed in touch. And out of the improvised uh, experience that you've created for yourself, not the pivot uh, in 2020, you have created virtual laugh breaks. So I'm sure you've done other things, uh, but talk to me about your process and how improv specifically not only saved you mentally, but most certainly saved your company. Oh my God. Well, first of all, thanks for that. And I am so excited to chat on April 16th, 2021. And it. it gives me goosebumps I, again. Second me goosebumps. Too, me too. And I, I remember it, part of that is diversifying our, our, what we have to offer. And you and I both were in a similar situation where everything we did was in person. You had your book and you had the workbook and I didn't even have the workbook. It oh, was just the book. Okay. The just book, the book was like 20% of our revenues is keynote speaking was 80% of what I was doing. Sure. So yeah. Breaks. Sure. Yeah. And we had literally in-person events, workshops and keynotes and coaching sessions. And then we had a, an e-learning course that's built in conjunction with our workshops, but that doesn't really sell itself on its own. So it was a struggle. I mean, I took stock of everything in March of 2020 and I 
hadn't done that in the five years that you and I had known each other and we had been building our businesses. I had not taken a step back Mm. to reflect on what we had built. I just kept moving forward and I kept thinking ahead. And I actually am grateful for that time because it was almost like your senior year of high school. I went back and opened the yearbook and looked to what we had done. And I was like, you lap around the freaking track to go, yo, Look at what I've done. A lot of us don't stop and do that until we're forced. Oh my God. And I was forced and we were all forced. And I 100% was like, this is something bigger than me. This is bigger than what we built. This is a vessel and a tool to help so many people and we can't let it go. And I have built this team and I have built this community of people who believe in us and I cannot let this go. If I stop, if I literally, what I wanted to do, Judy was lay in my bed, yeah. pull up my covers and watch and binge Shit's Creek for 48 oh, hours. Cause it was Shit's Creek will save your life. If you yeah. feel sad or depressed, go watch yeah, some Shit's Creek. It's yeah. one of those shows I could watch on repeat like the office. Yeah. Oh my God. It was, it was such a hard time mentally, physically. I, I have a, a child. I have an 18 month old. So if you hear a sound machine in the background, everyone, that's because he is downstairs. <laughs> you that into the pot. You have a new, a new baby. Yes. You know? yes I have a You're new a new mom. Child. Yes. And so literally in March, it was, I had, he was probably like seven or eight months at the time. I had, um, you know, this whole work from home situation. I had a business that I had no clue what I was about to do with. And I had people who depended on me for their income and their health insurance. And as a leader, I had, and as a mom now, I had never felt that type of mental strain. You and I had, I mean, I I will remember getting on Zoom with you, Judy. And we were, I was just like, I couldn't get the PPP loan the first round. Oh yeah. We were talking about how to apply. I remember that you're like, have you heard about the PPP? And yeah, I think I'm going to use this to be able to float me for a couple of months. We'll be back in this. We'll be back in the summer, right? We'll be back in the summer, right? Yeah. I remember. So it was so tough. So we pivoted to virtual and what that meant was we have 11 workshops that we do in person. We put them all online. Judy, when I tell you I couldn't pay clients to come to a free workshop in March or April, I, I literally begged people. I was like, can you, because no one cared at that time because they were just trying to figure out what am Everybody I going to do? was panicking. Yeah. yeah. Are we going to go back? Like, I don't need this virtual thing because we'll be back in two months. Like, so it was a struggle to A, get people on board with the fact that we were virtual. So that was the first thing we did is we put everything into a virtual format. Thank God for Zoom and Zoom breakout rooms because I can still do improv activities. Um, We quickly scaled back our budget and and cut things that we did not need and weren't necessary. Which is such a healthy practice. We did the same thing. Yeah. And it was, it was, you know, we were like, okay, we don't need this. This was a nice to have. Um, And then we just held on for dear life. And thankfully people started to see like, we're going to be here for a while and we're going to be virtual. And so what that meant was, you know, I'm sitting at home now in my bedroom slippers, but in a business top and (laughs) as the rest of the world. (laughs) And where's my slipper squad? Hey, you know, hashtag slipper squad. You know, you're out there. Slipper squad. I'm here. (laughs) Um, And then, yeah, it was just really, really taxing. So I started to recognize everybody's on Zoom now or virtual, some type of platform. So I have this amazing team of improvisers in Chicago, New York, and LA now because people have moved and some in Charlotte, North Carolina. And we have people working from home and they're on Zoom all day. I called myself a Zoombie because I literally- I, know, I love that in your LinkedIn profile. Well, you call yourself an edutainer, which I think is so beautiful and so true. Um, and that you guys are Zoombies. And it's just great because yeah, you're living on Zoom, but you found a way to monetize it, but also solve a big problem in the market. And this is why I love your laugh breaks so much because you know Zooms are boring. And so how do we spice up these awards galas, these um, annual events, these, I mean, I've- I've hired you. I've used you in my mastermind where we opened our uh, first mastermind, our Vibe and Thrive mastermind, by the way, opening again in April, go to the link in bio to get save your seat. Uh, but our Vibe and Thrive mastermind opened with a laugh break from your company where we did 15 minutes of freaking customized improv and everybody, and you've booked business off of it, which is incredible and makes me so happy. Um, and we're going to link up to all this shit in the show notes because you guys have to check out laugh breaks. Um, 
it was, people are still talking about it. It was such an unexpected way to get people out of their heads and into the energy that I was trying to give uh, to the group that day. And that's what you're doing. That's what you've created with these lap breaks. Yeah. And that was, that was it. We saw people sitting at home and these talented performers sitting at home as well, because theaters are closed. A lot of the major theaters have closed for good. It my heart. It I know it breaks my heart too. And I, and you know how talented this team is. And so we're like, let's create this laugh. Let's create something where we can essentially jump on Zoom, make people laugh. We asked when this world was, you know, getting quote unquote canceled, what could we offer it? And it's laughter, positivity, and levity. And that's what the laugh breaks do is we bring that to a team meeting. Judy, you are such a proponent of these. We love you because- I'm obsessed with them. uh, I think they're great. I mean- there, it, you know, I, I can't recommend it enough. And we have a lot of people listening. And that's one of the cool things about us too, is, you know, I know you do some keynote speaking as well, but it's great because so many times I'll be hired and people want to go deeper, but I don't have an improv training company and you do. So it's fun for us to be able to collaborate because it's a resource I point people to time and time again. And um, I'm just so proud of you for doing it. And the energy is so fun. And I think it would be really cool for us to sort of demonstrate. I cannot have you here without doing a little bit of improv. And of course, I want to talk about failure before um, we get you off the phone because this is a phone. I'm, hello, 1980s. Can this we? is yeah. This is the new phone. When this you say phone, phone, I know Zoom. I know this Zoom. Is this is phone. It's so <laughs> weird. I say to my clients, I'm like, do you want to go old school and actually get on the phone? Or because we don't have to be on camera if you don't want to, but it is like my phone. Um, so we're going to talk about failure, but I think we should improvise. And I think we should play, of course, Yes And, right? One of my favorite games. And I, I think what's so cool about this game is it'll not only show you the power of it, but it'll show you how you can use it and how it can shift the energy in a heartbeat on a conversation. So Aaron, can you set up what we're going to do? I want you to set us up. Tell me how you want to play this game. I think we're going to run it three ways, uh, but buckle up. You're about to witness some live improv here that we have not rehearsed with no script using the two words, yes, and to um, go to a fun place. So Erin, how should we do this? Okay. All right. I'm warming up. Here we go. Bumblebee. Bumblebee. All right. Here's what we're going to do. We are going to pretend like there is no more COVID. There is no more COVID. There is no more COVID. Okay. Okay. The world is free free. We're healthy. We're all vibing and thriving. Okay. And uh, fear boss fam, we are going to just live our best lives. Okay. And you and I are going to plan this party. We're going to come up with food. And I know you have a meeting planner background, so this is great. This is uh, great. I love parties. We're going to have an amazing time. We're going to have food, entertainment, and location. Great. We're going to turn it off. And I'm going to say um, no because to everything that you are putting out there, every Wait. idea that you share. And Wait. I want you to share Yes, and to every idea that you put out there. So every time you want to add something to this party, you're going to say yes, and. And every time I want to share something, I'm going to say no because we're going to run this for like a couple of back and forth, and then I'm going to change it up just cool. so everybody can experience this. All right, so go ahead, hit me with a hit me with an idea, Judy. Okay, we're going to plan the best uh, party, improv party, and it's going to feature a live concert from Beyonce. No, because Beyonce is not performing anymore. Her and the twins and Blue Ivy have decided to just lay low. They really like working from home and just hanging out together. So they're not, they're not going to be able to make it, I, I don't think. Yes, yes, yes. And here's what we'll do. We will instead um, go to um, uh, Los Angeles because that city is... Uh, in full effect and doing really great things. And we're going to rent out the Staples Center and we're going to hire, um, we're going to hire Macarena dancers to just um, give us a private performance and all around the stadium will be uh, complimentary cocktails. Uh, No, because what happens in Vegas never stays in Vegas. And the Macarena is this 1990s. It's now time to do the Cupid Shuffle. and. it's dryuary, Judy. Nobody, nobody is going to drink. Yes. Yes. And, uh, and, um, what I'm thinking we should do is just go to Hawaii. Let's get everybody plane tickets and go to Hawaii. 
Okay, good. All right, so we'll we'll stop there. Okay, that's round one. Round two, I'm gonna say yes, and you're gonna say yes, but to everything. So let's pick up. So you just said uh, we're gonna go to Hawaii. Hawaii I'm gonna everyone to Hawaii. You're going to Hawaii. Okay. Yes, and when we get there, everybody's gonna be given a coconut a bra. Everybody's getting a coconut bra and grass skirts. Yeah, but people might feel self-conscious in those coconut bras and skirts because they ate too much COVID. Yes. And you know what? We're going to have personal trainers there and personal trainers are going to be there. They're going to motivate you. And when you do a great job, you get a puppy. Yes. But some people are allergic to dogs. Great. All right. And now we're going to go to round three. Round three is now we're both yes sanding. So I'm going to keep yes sanding you. Yes. And me. Okay. So, um, yes. And we're going to have all types of animals. We're going to have a petting zoo and it's going to be amazing because that's our entertainment. And we're going to have, um, um, Lady Gaga is going to show up. Yes, and Lady Gaga is going to make a phone call to J-Lo. J-Lo is going to fly in and duo with her in this like private concert moment. Oh, yes. And we're just going to end with some Garth Brooks because why not? You know what I mean? Like just throw in a Garth Brooks. Yes, and you know what? You know what? When people get back to their hotel room, they're going to have a a stack of $100 bills up to $1,000 so that they can go spend it any way they want is our treat. Yes, and we're going to have lots of chicken wings and dipping sauces and so many dipping sauces that you have you have all different flavors ranch barbecue polynesian just anything that comes to mind yes and chick-fil-a is going to be our sponsor so we won't have to pay for any of this yes and there's waffle fries for life yes and those waffle fries have no calories <gasps> done okay that's the beauty of yes and right there this part energy is shift boom boom and you know what's so funny about that game for me every time i run it and play it um not only does it feel icky to do the like no because and the yes but and it's hard for me to do the yes and with someone doing a no because it's hard to stay positive and it's hard it's hard to be the yes butter because i've been so trained in this mentality but you start to notice how negative it feels and how like controlling it feels you know what i mean i just love that game me too i love it so much and i it was hard i also agree with that from just especially because we teach this right this is what we live and breathe um but i always ask people i'm like do you does this remind you of a meeting oh god we all know these people Right, the mm-hmm. negative Nance or Nathan, the Debbie Down or the Debbie, the Down Dan. You know, it's just it's yeah. it's so hard to keep momentum and the guessing mentality. First of all, I, the background, the sign in the background makes me so happy every time I see you. And living this lifestyle, living with this as a as a philosophy, I think has served you so well, Judy. I mean, you too, my at, friend. Thank you. But I I I just. The people who live it, breathe it, all they're doing is just putting more good out into the world because they are postponing judgment. They're allowing other people to feel heard. They're allowing other people to share their voice and they're being a voice for the voiceless, essentially. And that is what makes this world better. So I'm a firm believer if everyone could take an improv class, yes, I mean, the world would be such a better place. Yes. Yes. And I could not agree more with that. See what I just did there. Yes. And, and you know what, we have done this in our company to title things, to design the next keynote, to brainstorm an idea we're stuck on. We will get everybody into a room or a virtual room, get flip charts, whiteboard, and we will yes. And an idea, a problem until we come up with at least 30 to 50 new things we would have never thought of. And there is no buts allowed because we just go and play. Yes, that's a great idea. And yes, and yes, and and nine times out of 10, we solve our problem with an idea we would have never seen coming because we allowed ourselves to go there, to be weird, to allow all things to be welcome. And that is another goosebump moment for me because most of the things that I've created I'm the most proud of have come out of a yes and brainstorming session. Yes, Judy. Yes. And that is honestly, yes. And it's, it's such a, it's something I think that you're listening today. Just try it, just try it with your team, see where it takes you because by suspending judgment, like you just said, 
you are allowing ideas that you never, ever would have dreamed of come to the table. And I totally agree that it is a mindset shift. And when you can adopt this as a part of your culture, imagine where you can go with your productivity. I just imagine. And I, I, I love that that's something that if, if, if this is something anybody can walk away with today, I mean, I'm yes ending the fact that you probably can hear my toddler screaming. Can you hear I my toddler? Not at all. You're you can't. Okay. Great. Yeah. Okay. Good, 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 good. But yeah, it's, it's one of those things where you just allow yourself to really go to a different place, get there and see where the magic takes you. It's really a magical teaching tool. That's why we love it. So Uh, let's talk about um, no mistakes, only gifts. It's one of my favorite mantras from the improv theater. And it's been a big, um, you know, lifestyle and mindset shift for me as well with, with yes. Yeah. No, no mistakes. Only gifts for me means that I'm either going to win or learn, but I won't lose. And a lot of the work you're doing, your, your podcast is named appropriately after this idea of, of fail it, failed it, right. Improve it, failed it, moving forward and embracing failures. So let's talk about that really quick and how much failure has played a role in your success today? I know that's a big question. Um, Why do you love failure as much as I love failure? Yes. Okay. So first and foremost, I have, I think, failed more times in my career in an improv than I have succeeded. Yes. And I, I mean, it's just one of those things I think as an improviser that you have to get used to. And I think improv taught me that is that there's going to be nights where you bomb. And you're going to go home and you're going to think about that show and you're going to, I would sit in it, Judy. Oh, same. So long. And I'd be like, I suck. I'm not funny. I'm, you know, why am I doing this? And it's those moments where I got back up and I did it again and I did it again. And I saw myself getting just a little bit better every single time. That Mm, kept braver and braver, your boss, bam. Uh, But it was, it's truly a tool that I think if you can embrace it and you can say, what did I learn? Which is part of the vibe and thrive planner. I will yes. say, I love that. What did I fail at today? Yes, It's a tool that can propel you forward because if I truly believe if you aren't failing, you're not trying enough. Mm. And I know you love this too. I think playing small is easy, yes. but when you play to the fact that I'm going to do this and it may not turn out great. Like, for example, I've come to you with so many questions about social media. I, before 2020, had my account on private. I was like, this is just pictures of my dog and my son and my my travels. And then I started being very vulnerable. And there has been so many times where I'll show up and I'll get like three likes and I'm like, whatever. And then I'll try again the next day. But I I will say it is putting yourself out there seeing what sticks, learning from what doesn't stick, and then trying again, because that's what makes a rich life is, is that, that try, because if you're not trying, what are you doing? Right. Yeah. In the whole social media game, it's easy to get caught up in that. And it is about running the reps. It is almost like its own improv stage. It's a place to go try things out and fail. And, you know, I'm always reminding people that, okay, say you post a video and it gets 15 views. Yo, that's a classroom. And then you post another video and it gets a hundred views. Oh my God. That's like a meeting room. And then you post a video and it gets 2000 views. That's a freaking like convention center space. Think about that. Like it's exciting to go out and play and find your voice and, and learn what sticks. And, and I love that you're showing up and doing the reps. And I think your improv training is helping you remember that tenet, not only yes, sanding, but like failing forward, right. And fail fluencing. And I love when you post those videos, like with your, your camera breaking and all, I mean, I think you're onto something there. You could turn the volume up on that. And the other thing I wonder, when are you writing a book? I think it needs inspiration. I have thought about it. You have it in you. uh, An improve it book, uh, a failed it book, girl. I'm just going to say you have a story and what you've learned through COVID. I can just see that being an incredible um, tool for you to, you know. Are you ready to get hired as my book writing coach? (laughs) 
that's I will be your hype woman, but I will refer you to the best book. Okay. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> You're busy. I get it. Um, I, I will say this, it has been on the brain and I do, I, I do want it to be about failure because I think that that in itself, it's liberating. You know, and, and what I tell myself every day, I'm a recovering perfectionist turned fail fluencer. That's literally what I say. And I, I am an improviser and I will say this, our team, and you know, the improvement team, um, we're all type A underneath the yeah. improv set. Yeah. Well, that's it's, why you're successful at business. Yeah. Me too. I write about that in my book. Like, yo, I'm an improviser, but I got my shit buttoned up. Yeah. Like I can be flexible and I'm not going to panic when things go wrong because I trust myself. And that is come over time, but I love to hear you own that. And listen, I'm proud of that, that yes. I'm a type A because it's how I have a successful business with this ADD brain. Totally, totally. Yeah. And that's truly for me, it's being, realizing like, I don't have to show up all buttoned up and perfect. Yes. I'm going to say some things that, you know, sometimes I regret saying, I'm going to have moments where I wish I would have done this instead of doing that. I will tell you my anxiety is something that I constantly battle, mm -hmm. but just allowing myself to flip the script in my head and say, you know what? Failure is a part of this process and failing is what makes you great because you are trying, Erin. You're putting yourself out there. I will tell you, you're my muse for a lot of things, Judy, in terms of vulnerability. I've put myself out in the world more in the past year on in a digital landscape than I've ever done in my entire life. And it's been rewarding, but also super trying at times. And yeah, that, that, that embracing of failure, embracing the suck, celebrating the suck, is what makes me show up again the next day. Absolutely. And figuring out what works for Aaron, the human, because yeah. at the end of the day, that's we're, we're, we're not, we're not human doings. We're human beings. And so you may try something and it doesn't feel right. And it's, it's taking that improv mindset of going, okay, am I saying this doesn't feel right because I'm afraid to show yeah. up again tomorrow? Or am I saying this doesn't feel right because it's new and it's just something I've never done before. And now if I'm running the reps, so I'll give you a great tactical example. And this may resonate um, with, with some fear bosses listening from a, a, an improv mindset. I opened up private coaching for the first time with the pandemic. So I had never had the bandwidth to do it, taking on uh, four private clients. And I've always wondered if I'd like to do it and if I wanted to do it. And I opened up a program and I said, okay, yes, I'll try this. And if it doesn't work, I can always stop. And if I suck at it, I can always stop and all this stuff. And so I used yes and to move through it. And I also use no mistakes, only gifts to just give myself the permission to fail a little bit through it. Because, you know, at the end of the day, I've never done that before. And I don't have some fancy coaching degree, but you know what? I got a straight A's in the school of hustle and building a business and let's go. Right. And yeah. so, the tactical example I want to share is that I have learned that I don't know if that is for me, but for the, I never wanted to have the regret of going, oh, I wonder if, and so, you know, maybe you try things on Instagram or in your business, or you, you, you work something out on TikTok and it feels great. Keep going. And if it doesn't pull back and look at, look at what, what your other options are. And that takes confidence, right. And courage. And these two mindsets of fail, failing forward. And saying yes, and can help you through that weird stuff, but you got to go out and try because if you don't try, you'll never know. And the last thing I want is regret. That's like, it. I don't want regret. I don't want to be like, what? I don't want to be like 72 and go, God, I wonder if I would have been like a life changing coach. You know what I mean? I don't know. And I think I'm a coach in a different way. I've just decided I wanted to scale that and not make it so I feel like I can reach more people doing it at scale. And that, is more exciting to me, right? Oh my God. Well, Judy, you are a coach. You are a coach yeah, to I so guess. many. I mean, I coach. use I am a coach. every day. Yeah, I yeah. use my team uses your planner every day. People who read Fear is My Homeboy, you are coaching them. And I think that's the smartest decision is if you can, you can reach more people and help more people, that's it. And that's for you. And I love that because you had to try it. And if you didn't, I, that's when people ask me, how did you know that you wanted to start and prove it? I said, if I didn't, I knew in my gut, it would have been my biggest regret. <sighs> Mic drop. That yeah. is for me a testament on like how, because I get asked all the time, like, how do you know when, if you feel like you don't need to jump out of a plane to prove right. to yourself or anyone else that you're brave. You don't need to get some crazy tattoo or like free solo Mount Everest to be like, look at me, I'm brave. 
to me, the measure of like whether I should do something or not is will I regret it? Will I wake up one day? If I will regret not jumping out of a plane, then I need to fucking jump out of a plane. But I will, I'm telling you right now, I have no desire to jump out of a plane and I am good with that. You know what I mean? <laughs> so but what's going to keep you up at night, right? Yeah. If you don't start the, the business, if you don't lose the weight, if you don't quit the bad habit, if you don't explore um, online dating or a new relationship or what it looks like to write a book, if you're going to regret that, yo, you got to at least try. That's at it. least try. And if it doesn't feel good, guess what? We let it go. And we, we move on to the next thing. Yeah. I love that. And it's <laughs> not true. It's, it is, I think what having a regret can propel you forward in so many ways. And you don't want those in your life. I think of the same thing. I, I look back just for a quick example on that. I um, wasn't sure if I ever wanted to have kids. I wasn't. And I, I, did, but I knew I wanted to start my business first because I'm an all in person. And I said, if I didn't do this, I will, I know I will regret it. So let me get this going and then think about having children, which then I had an infertility struggle for three years. But what made me want to decide to have children was when my grandmother was literally dying. I watched her take her last breath. Oh, she had my dad. What a gift. And we literally my dad, she had one child, my dad, who had my mom, who had me and my brother. We had our spouses in the room and my, my grandfather had already passed away. So I said, this is, this is what is telling me, Erin, you want to have one, at least one child. And I knew if I didn't try, which it took a lot of science and a lot of miracles to make happen, which you kind of, I think, know this story. Um, I would have greatly regretted it. And I, I'm so grateful I went through that process. I'm so grateful because he is one of the greatest. He is truly the greatest joy of my life, but so is my business. And I, and that's okay. That's you can okay. have two babies. You got that's two it. kids. Just I do have two kids. You are right. You are right. So it's, that is a regret that if I, if I, you know, I, I, I just have, I, I look back on that moment and said, if I, if seeing my grandmother with us in that room, showed me was was the sign that I needed, I think, from the universe that was like, Erin, you do want this. Because I was wavering back and forth. And so it took a lot of energy and, and time and resources to to make it happen. But it was something that I I pushed forward and had a lot of failing along the way in that journey for sure. Um, but it is it's something I'm a big advocate of, of and speak freely about because I think so many women deal with the same thing. It's just not talked about enough. So that's another huge failure lesson in my life and, and something that it kind of leads me around that story of regret. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, uh, I, I similarly can relate in a different way. I never went down the path of like infertility or actually going through the process of having kids, but I had always sort of struggled. But from a young age, I kind of knew that um, I didn't want to. It was interesting. I never really played with like the babies and stuff like that, but I have a very like, oh my God, my nieces and nephews, and I've always loved kids and been really drawn to the energy of youth and love kids, right? But it just wasn't in the cards. But it's so funny for me, I feel for a long time, I felt like regret on like saying or bad for saying like, oh, I feel like my business and what I'm building is my baby. And then I was like, well, hold on. No, because I feel like, um, this community and the girls that look up to and follow me. I mean, we've got this whole following of girls and we're looking at building, um, you know, an arm of the business that becomes more of a lifestyle brand where we partner with, um, you know, youth and, and help young girls vibe and thrive. And I think I'm going to be able to be a, a mom and I don't have a relationship with my mom and that's a whole nother conversation, but I feel like I'm going to be able to be that for so many girls. And I feel like I am that for so many girls and I am proud of that. And I probably would have been able to do all of this had I had that path, right? And so, yeah, and full circle to Oprah, Oprah had a very similar thing. She was like, this was my calling and this was my, you know, and I really resonated with her sharing that. And sometimes Marie Forleo shares her journey of, of choosing not to have children and you did, and I love it. Um, but you're right. There is a lot of stigmatism around making uh, those choices as women. And sometimes women are so hard on other women. We just you got, y'all just, we just got to let people be right. Yes. And Yes, no, Judy, you are, you are our confidence mother. That's who you yes, are, you <laughs> that confidence, okay? And you, I love that story too. There's so many different paths of being a woman and what makes sense to you. And you have 
truly given the world something beautiful with the courage and the bravery that you share with us every day. So thank just you so know that we're grateful. Okay. I feel the same about you. And let's close our time together, even though I could talk to you all day. Um, well, let's close our time together with a fun little rapid fire. I do this at the end of the shows with my guests because I want to know what's in your head and what you're loving and what you're doing. So the first thing I'd love to know from you, do you have a purchase, something you've bought in the last six months under a hundred bucks that you are obsessed with? Share it with us, my dear. Oh, yes, I do. Okay. So in the pandemic, I moved from Chicago to sunny Charleston. I know, I'm so jealous. Yes, yes. And that was a whole thing. Um, So with that, I purchased these Yeti stimulus wine cups. So Yeti, like the cooler. Okay. Yes. And if you're a patio pounder, like (laughs) you girl, okay. I like a a cold glass of Sauvignon in the evening. Coffee to start wine to wine. There you go. There you go. I want to sit on a patio. And if you, if you like white wine, or if you like a cold bath, or even a bubbles, maybe you drink bubbles, like on the club soda, it'll keep it cold for a long time. Yes, I know you're doing a dry weary. So yes, if it's bubbles, if it's a LaCroix, whatever feels right to you. I love this because it's literally like 25 bucks on Amazon. And it's a little, my favorite color is teal. I have a yes. teal Yeti, um, it's a it's a stimulus wine glass. And it literally keeps any drink that you put in there cold. From It could be literally four hours later and it's still the same so temperature. Cold. Yeah, so you're not sitting there slamming your wine. You want to sip it. And then that's some of the worst things about, it's one of the things I hated about wine. It was like, you would put it there and then, you know, come back to it. Like, or you have a Chardonnay or Pinot Grigio or something. And then all of a sudden, like in 45 minutes, it's already warm. And you're like, can I get yes. some ice for this wine? Yeah. Yes. Exactly. yes. Yeah. Okay. That's a good one. That's it's a good like one. My fave. It's my fave, I think. Um, and that's really that. And then I also have like the Yeti koozies that are also oh, great. And I put my little boys. I love those. Love, obsessed. So those I'll are the- up to those. I'll link yeah. up to those in the show notes. They're great. They're great. Uh, how about this? I mean, you've been around a lot of improvisers and you've had, you've met a lot of people. I, I'm curious who's the coolest person you've ever met. Okay. I'm not getting political, but I have met Barack Obama. Oh yeah. And- right. When you were improvised, that is a big meat girl. That was a big meet. And so this is not, you know, any type of political sway, but it was, he was a leader of her country and the president of the United States. You met the president of the United States. He was president, right? Was he president? Right after, right Right after. after. But still. Foundation in 2017. And we got to do, uh, we trained 25 trainers on our workshops offerings. And then we were able to train 250 citizens of this first ever training day of the Obama foundation. And we had no clue he was going to be there. And he was, were you freaking, I've seen your pictures on this. Were you shaking? I would have been like, Oh my God, like, Oh my God. Human being president crying. And you know, Christy, who is part of our team, she was also there. We just, we had no clue who was going to be there, but they asked us for our social security number as Uh, just to be safe. Probably. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So then there was sort of a little issy. And then when he walked in the room, they had all of the facilitators there to take a picture. They were like, we're going to take a group photo. So just, you know, sit around, just everybody kind of clumped together, but we're just waiting on somebody. Hold on, the photographer's coming. And in he walks. (gasps) Cool. So I love the surprise. Oh my God. We started bawling and it was just amazing. It was a beautiful moment. Um, And we shook his hand and we got to tell him what we did. And I literally was like, I'm not washing my hand. I'm not washing my hand. Uh, so it was, it was just the coolest thing ever. And Jenna, one of my employees, there's a whole story with that. She actually got to present a presentation to him in front of 250 people. What a story. The coolest experience ever. And as a leader, it was one of the best things ever to watch her literally change overnight because that was such a transformative what an empowering moment yeah Yeah. that's the story well I'm so glad I asked you that question shit I mean it was stop the podcast and I don't think anybody else I have on the show is gonna be able to say well maybe you never know maybe there's other presidents that have been met but that's that's pretty legit my dear good story Uh okay let's let's transition to books. Cause you know, I love books. I got a bunch behind me. What is your like, and you could do business or professional or uh, I'm sorry, business or fic, you know, fiction or nonfiction you pick, but what's your favorite, what's, what's your favorite book? Like what business book has changed your life? And are you binging anything like, uh, personally, any, any nonfiction you're reading? Yeah. Well, besides fear is my homeboy. Yeah. Um, I, I will say it's the artist way by oh, Julia yeah. Cameron. It's, it's a beautiful, beautiful book. book. 
but it is that if you are looking for a creative spark Mm -hmm. or you're looking to figure out what do you really want out of life, it helps unblock those blocks that we put in our minds. Um, That has transformed me. As, in, in a, as a person, I will say, um, and that it, that and also the compound effect by Darren Hardy. I don't know if you've ever read that. Book. I've heard. I have not. It's on my list, but I've heard a few people talk about it. Yeah, it was it was almost transformative for me in the early stages of starting Improve It because it teaches you that small everyday actionable steps lead to and compound into huge results which is part of the Vibe and Thrive. I was just going to say, ooh, that sounds a lot like what we teach in the Vibe and Thrive community in our mastermind. It's so so comparable. And then fiction-wise, I will say, I don't read a lot of fiction. I was actually looking at my bookshelf, but I did read The Hate You Give, which was such a good book. And I'm trying to, Angie Thomas is the author of that. And that is just a wonderful story. Talks a lot about the Black Lives Matter movement, and it is it was it's a movie, but I read the book Ooh. first, and it was so so just page turning and thought provoking. And if you want to hear a fiction story about something like that is actually going on in our world right now, it's a wonderful read. Ooh, good. I'll link up to all that. We'll link up to all that in the show notes. Okay. Uh, I need to know what's your like morning routine. Do you have any like habits that you cannot live without? I know you have an 18. How old is your son right now? Yeah. So life is cry, cry, but how do you prioritize yourself in your morning or does your morning start a little bit later? Like, how do you, how do you vibe in the morning? So I knew when I had him, I wanted to sleep and I, I, there's another book I'll recommend to any new mothers out there called Moms on Call. And it's all about how to treat, how to sleep train, how to get them eating and sleeping at an early age. I had him sleeping through the night with the help of this book at eight weeks. I was like, (gasps) I, yeah. Okay. If you're boss moms, write that book down. New moms, if you haven't had the baby, baby's still cooking, go get that book. Yes. But so I had a morning routine established before having him. And I was like, I need to get up before him. So I have made his schedule 8 p.m. to 8 a.m. He wakes up at 8 a.m. I get up around 6.30. I am a huge proponent. And I know you are too of a morning routine. And I work out first thing that I get up. I literally step into my gym clothes. I'll go for a run. I'll do some workouts because now I live in Charleston. I can go outside and do some workouts or I'll do the tone it up app on my phone. And then I actually made a closet or a space in one of my closets for a meditation room. I put pillows and I put candles and I, I use that. I now vibe and thrive in there after I meditate, but I meditate every morning from five to 10 minutes. Yes, that's amazing. Yeah. And I, I love a closet, closet meditation. I was talking about this in our mastermind the other day that even if you can go into your closet, sometimes I do this, I closet meditations. I close my door five minutes. No one comes in there. I lock it behind me. And I, yeah. And I love Jesus. You have like a little, all like candles, a little altar in there, if you will. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I, I truly, that happened going back to the infertility I was, I learned to be mindful through that process. And I think a big part of that was I had to learn to mother myself before I could mother somebody else. And I am so grateful for that because that has carried through everything I do. And if I don't put, I know you believe in this too. If I don't fill my own, my own tea kettle, I'm not going to fill somebody else's cup. And you and I talk all day long. And we are filling our clients' cups, our teams' cups, our social communities' cups. And we have to have that energy inside of us in order to give. And that is, if I don't do it, my whole day is, is different. I, and it's, it's so weird. It's so cliche to say, but, um, I feel different if I don't work out, I feel more scatterbrained. I feel way different. if I'm not meditative and in some type of just silent state where I can actually and it sounds woo-woo, but I call on spirit guides. I yeah, do. I do too, girl. I'm going there. I, I I have my Oracle deck right here. I pulled a card this morning. I hadn't pulled a card in a minute. Um, and, and fear boss, I'm going to do a show where I go a little bit deeper here as I get more and more comfortable with sharing the woo-woo in my life that keeps, because I believe in God and all that stuff, but I'm a very spiritual person. Um, but I pulled a card this morning that I think is going to transform what I do next. And that was really powerful, but it took me slowing down. And I know it was one of those, one of those moments where, I literally called because I had been listening to my spirit guides, my higher power, if you will. Um, but you know, not trusting it, you know, man and I had this conversation this morning about like, 
uh, trusting your intuition or your higher power or your spirit guides is a bit like, okay, a gunshot going off. So say you are in Chicago and you hear a gunshot go off or you're somewhere in a city and a gun, or you, is it a gun? I don't know. It did a tire blow or something, but you hear it. Most people run away from it because they're like, get me away from that. That sounds crazy. People who have that um, attunement to that feeling, we kind of peek into it a little bit. We're like, but we're still scared of it. We're like, okay, was that a gunshot? I don't know, but let me, let me open the door and look a little bit closer. I'm not sure. So sometimes I pull a card or I'll have that moment where I sit with myself to just get reinforcement. Am I on? Cause I'm hearing her, but I'm scared to fucking death. And I don't know, but I, I, I don't know if I like this. I'm scared of this. So let me sit, pull a card and be reminded of that. And I have goosebumps, final goosebump moment of the show. But I love that you have, I didn't know that about you, that you were also a meditator and also um, spiritual in that capacity and have guides as well. Can I, can I say something to that point is that uh, yes. I truly believe, I, I know there's that whole Gus, God, universe source. I, I believe and I'm spiritual is how I refer to that, but I think meditation to your point, everything you just said is asking is essentially you are receiving the guidance. I think when you meditate, you receive messages really and do. really do. And, and prayer, the difference between that is prayer is more asking and you're also showing gratitude in both of these practices, but prayer is more of an ask. And I think prayer, meditation, whatever it means to you, but giving yourself time to be still mm. is is I think, and what you just said too, it's a card you pulled today is going to transform some things you do next. It literally does guide you to where you're supposed to go. And if you just stay in the light, then that, stay in that light. That is truly, I think, the magic of why we are here. If we're in the light, we're living out the best purpose for ourselves, for our soul. And if we're able to do that, then guess how many lives we can affect and just how much better your own life can be. Oh, so good. We need more people in this world, in the light, no doubt about it. Okay, so got to end with the last question that I love to ask every guest that are a part of the Yes And show. When I offer up the words slash mantra, yes and to you, what comes up and what does it mean for you? Oh, it's, it's truly everything to me. And it is a philosophy that I adapted years ago. And it, it brings together people like you, Judy, because it is a postponement of judgment. It is an opportunity for you to allow other people to feel heard and a way to respond to somebody so that they feel important. Mm, what a beautiful way to end you my dear are such a gift thank you for being on the pod and uh what should we tell the community how can people find you anything you want to say share talk about obviously i'll link up to you in the show notes any final thoughts oh my god i love you judy and thank you for having me and yes you can check out our podcast failed it on itunes wherever you listen to the podcast we actually had judy on the show She's yes Fire. She was amazing. So you have great guests too. You have great guests. Oh, well, check it out if um, if you have not already. And then also, if you go to our website, learn to improve it.com backslash laugh break, you can figure out how to book a laugh break. You found us as part of the Fear Boss community. Um, and we can make some laughter, levity, and positivity in your team meeting. So thank you, Judy. And you can follow me on Instagram at keeping yeah. it real deal, D I E. Oh, you are the real deal, my friend. I'll link up to everything. Thank you for being here on the show. Okay, Fear Boss, I hope you loved this episode as much as I loved making it for you. Talk to me on Instagram. Send me a DM and let me know what your favorite takeaway from this episode with Aaron was. It's me in my DMs on the gram. So if you want to hear from me, that's the best place to do it. So I love talking to you and I love seeing your posts on Instagram of you listening to the show. So keep them coming. Also, you can always send me an email at hello at judyholler.com. If you're not on the gram, uh, we love hearing your show ideas, your feedback, and your inspiration. Thanks for listening. Thanks for sharing with your buds. And thank you for reviewing the show until next week. Keep saying yes and stay brave.